0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Superman Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can fly 1978's Superman the Movie, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space is... Rob Kelly. Yes, Rob. When we last left Planet Krypton, uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, if you're paid, look, Chris, unless you are being paid a million dollars to do this podcast, say it like Krypton. Say it oh, right.
0: Okay, Krypton. Okay.
1: Right. Marlon Brando right. can do it because, you know, but everybody else. You see.
0: <laughs> okay. We last left planet Krypton. <laughs> Jor-El and Lara, or Lara, however you want to pronounce it, were discussing the pros and cons of sending baby Kal-El to Earth as Krypton's destruction rapidly approached. So, uh, So we're knee-deep in the origin – the very origin of Superman.
1: We're, yeah, I I love in the opening moments where they're discussing all this and the baby's just kind of looking around and like you obviously can't direct the baby because the baby's just gonna do what it wants. It's like a cat or a dog. It's just gonna be able to. Do it. <laughs> but so I kind of liked that this like. It, I don't know. Again, we're, I mentioned this in the last episode. Like, I'm going to keep apologizing for reading too much into this, but that's silly because that's the whole point of these shows. But it's like, you know, this kid is going to be like the god of the universe, and right now he's just a little baby. Like, it's kind of a fun detail of seeing. I mean, you know, we all grew up on Superman, you know, seeing his origin a thousand times, but just seeing him as a baby is just still kind of a fun idea that Superman was ever a baby. You know, you're like, right. oh no, he's just—he's just a little kid. He just, you know, he doesn't—he's just gaga got, got gooing. He's gonna become, you know, he's gonna take on Lex Luthor in about an hour. You know, it's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, it is—it is funny to to see, you know, Superman. I mean, and even though we've read comics, and I mean, good gravy, there were super baby stories, you know. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's to see him as a as a true baby baby. That's not. You know, have like thought balloons of of baby talk and exactly, and, exactly. And it's 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 quite different. I mean, I'm, we had babies in the movie serials and the George Reeves show too. But I mean, you spend more time with this this baby cooing and and crawling around. Susanna York, as she does a, a pretty good job and of of you know of keeping him you know contained without him you know like trying to you know jump out of her arms and everything, <laughs> which kids kids will do. You know, so. Uh, you know the. I think it's interesting. You know they're discussing how the how he will uh, live on Earth and and Jor El says his dense molecular structure will make him strong. So I guess here we're getting the uh, we're getting the whole combination of the Yellow Sun and Earth's lesser gravity and all that. Um, you know that's what I'm kind of reading into that. And you know as 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 the the uh, re- reasons for Superman's powers, which was you know the old Earth one version of uh, what they finally settled on so and of course the krypton sun here is red as in the comics and that will be put to very good use here very shortly uh in, in this movie uh the fact that it's a red sun it must and, be getting
1: must be getting pretty warm there for everybody, you know. As we see the sun, it feels like you could literally stand on like the the roof of Krypton and just touch the sun at this point. Is, there, is anybody noticing it's getting just a little humid out? <laughs> is, anybody, is that dawning on anybody? Right, exactly.
0: I mean, you know, it, yeah, it is what I mean. They keep they keep making quick little cuts back to the sun, and it's just like the solar flares are just. Licking the planet that much more, you know. Every time.
1: <laughs> now I want to uh, ask. I do want to ask you something before, because I've never okay. been able to figure this out. Is this the same day? They've never established that. Like, in, is this the same day as the Phantom Zone thing? Because, like, they admonish in the previous minutes, they admonish Jarell, don't tell anybody. Blah 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 blah. And then we cut right to this. But there's no necessarily there's no necessary way of figuring out is this the same day? Is this a week later? Is this a month later? Like, what what is your estimation? I always feel like it's the same day, but it probably isn't. It's probably a little bit of time has passed.
0: Well, I've always kind of thought it's it's not it's not the same day, but it's like you said, it's within a few weeks of it at least, and okay. may, maybe even a few days. But he, I think Jor says something to the. I got my sound down, so I can't go back. Was <laughs> recording, but but uh, he, you know he uh, he says something like you know basically like Krypton's got thirty days or less, you know basically to him. So
1: oh, that's right. He does uh, say that. You're right. You're right. You're right.
0: So I'm, I'm thinking Jor-El was pretty accurate with his, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's at least, you know, it's less than a month, but it's, you know, maybe, maybe a couple of weeks, three weeks, something like that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so <laughs> it, it's so, um, it's so interesting the the dialogue that, you know, of course Jor-El says, uh, you know, he will not be alone. He will never be alone. And, you know, you see the crystals and I mean, that's a nice little setup for, before what for what we're going to get later and uh i mean it's it's you know i think it's funny when they go to place him in the rocket it's another i call it a rocket the ship it's not really a rocket it's mm-hmm. a ship um Calel grabs lara's hair mm-hmm, as she's mm-hmm. trying to pull him away i think that's cute i mean you know and she she does a good job of you know just gently taking his hand off her hair and they, they place him in and it's <laughs> and it, it's and they leave it in you know which is great i mean they didn't cut it i mean because that's what a a kid does, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not, uh, it, you know, it's, it, and it's in both shots from that perspective. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's a close, it's farther away than it's a close up. So, uh, Jeffrey Unsworth must've been like, I like that. So I'll leave it, I'll leave it in, you know, yeah, it, it's it a great,
1: it's a great real little moment. I'm guessing you and Cindy have dealt with that many, many times.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, Cindy had whole handfuls of hair, you know, pulled out by kids that, you know, she thought, she thought they were letting go and they didn't. So, you know, so. <laughs> Yes. Uh, you know, maybe that's what happened to me. I don't know.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my excuse is. Then.
0: Uh, yeah. I, You know, when they place him in the ship, Jor-El's last talk to his son, it always it always kind of gets me. Uh, usually I don't really care about jor and Lara in the comics. I mean, they're kind of there just to blow up. Uh, right. I mean, that's all, yeah. that's harsh to say, but it really is. It's just a kind of a means to an end they come from krypton and and even when they filled out their backstories and you know superman's return to krypton and all the different silver age wackiness and things they did it, it didn't i i never really felt remorse for them like i do here but you know the music the camera work and and brando honestly they sell it they sell that that moment just it's very powerful
1: yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, Marlon Brando, I mean, good Lord, nobody needs to go on and on about how great he was. Yeah. He's probably the best guy ever to do it. Maybe, you know, if, if not the best, certainly top five guys, the best guy ever to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, I mean, it was a big joke that he was getting paid a million dollars for like a week's work and, you know, and a lot of that was to sell the movie. You know, it was just to literally be able to say, Hey, we've, this is a real movie, but I got to say this about Marlon and for all the bad things you heard about Marlon Brando, that he was difficult and, you know, he's pasting a. His cue cards all over people's foreheads and all this stuff. Marlon Brando has the ability, at least for me, to draw me into whatever role he's playing at it, when he was at his best and where I really am able to forget for a moment that I'm watching an actor playing a part and I'm watching this person. And uh, I of all the movies, if, if he did a movie with Johnny Depp called Don Juan DeMarco, which is not a particularly great movie, mm-hmm. but uh, and it was one of his last ones, and back when he was like morbidly obese. But yeah. I, was, I remember watching the movie, and I I caught myself forgetting that I was watching Marlon Brando, and yes. I was like, "Damn, how does he do that?" Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what's going on here. I mean, part of it is you and I are already invested in this story because it's the story. Uh, that we know, you know, the, the cryptid death of the, you know, the death of the parents. I mean, other than the the Waynes, you know, it's like these. this is like the big, you know, setup in all of superhero comics. But yeah, you really do, by seeing them as a couple and seeing them the way they talk about their son's future and they worry about him. I mean, who can't relate to that? Even if you've never had children, you you're worried about somebody in your life and... Uh, You know, it it has that resonance to it. And so, yeah, it's like we talked about in the previous five minutes. You know, uh, by bringing in Brando and Susanna York, you are – for how little time we have with them, you are completely invested in them and you want them to feel like what they're doing is the right thing. And uh, Mm -hmm. they do. It's it's just they they sit there and the way they both look at the baby is, you know, they're going to send him off to who knows where. I mean they know where, but Lord knows they don't know what's going to happen to him. It's it's really heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, I mean it is it it and and again it's 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 the best version of of the in my opinion of the of of Jor and Lara. I mean it's the version that gets to me. It's a version I think of. Uh, you know, I mean there's been other comic versions that I've that I've enjoyed and and I've felt invested in, uh, but this is the one that really made me stop and think of them as these are these are people you know, and these are these this is a mother and a father. And uh, I mean, just when when Brando says Calel there at the end, and he's he kind of chokes up, that mm-hmm. that gets you. I mean, it's a clincher. It it really, it it really does.
1: Yeah, I love it when Laura puts her head on on Joel's chest, and I like the cuts back to the baby because the baby is just being a baby. Like it's <laughs> it's smiling, it's giggling, it's like grabbing stuff because it's a baby. It doesn't it doesn't understand what's happening. And So I like that as a contrast that this is the most serious thing that could ever happen. To mm-hmm. a set of parents, and yet the baby is just completely unaware of what's going on. And on a more kind of like cynical note, like on the commentary, um, Tom Mankiewicz pointed out that Susanna York pointed out to him that in the dialogue, Joelle keeps referring to himself. What you know, I will be inside you. You know what, what, what I'm giving you. And Susanna York apparently ref- said to about the scene, uh, the mother sends Dick, and. <laughs> <laughs> and she was a little put out by that. And apparently Mankiewicz's answer was, well, when you're getting a million dollars for 11 days work, you can send stuff too." And he's like, well, that was pretty much the answer. Because it's like this is and, you know, like you have to wonder, like, is Krypton kind of a misogynist society? Because it is kind of weird that the mother gets no input. Uh, you know what I mean? All the dialogue is about what Jor is imparting on his son. There's no mention of anything he's getting from the mother at all. It's kind of well, weird.
0: Yeah, it is, and it it is. But now Maria Shell was on the council, so That's, uh, well. There you go. There was a woman on the council, so I don't guess it's completely that way. But yeah, that it it does make you and you know, and maybe in this case, you know, maybe because Jor is such a you know he is the genius and and so wise, maybe even his wife recognizes that he is, you know, this great this great man and you know she's just following his lead on this. I mean, I don't I mean I'm not saying that is if if it was reversed then he would do the same for her. I'm not saying that is a sexist thing at all. All oh, right, right. But but yeah, but so I mean it's uh but yeah, that's a good point. That's a good question to ask. But I mean you, you do. It's it is and you know even since the, you know, the the line that always it it the son becomes the father and the father the son which I, you know, that's, that's a famous line. Everybody remembers that. And I've always kind of wondered what it, it's, it's open to interpretation, what he really means there, because in a lot of cases, that's true as we, we grow older and our parents live and then our parents become infirmed and we have to help take care of them. Then our roles reverse, you know, right. but in this case, I mean, obviously that's not going to happen, but you know, he does say that about, you know, I'll see, you'll see the you know the the world through my eyes. I'll see through yours and all that. So it's it's like you know it's this this strange. You can read so much into it, like literally, like he will, Calla will become his father in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. and you know, and I mean, maybe he thinks that that he will grow up to be just like him, which you know, of course, he is his level of compassion's obviously there, but he he chooses to go about things. He's not you know, uh, you know, things on earth differently than than Jor El probably would have. And of course, later on, they have a little disagreement over some things, you know. In yeah. <laughs>
1: Superman, two, just just a few,
0: just a few. In Superman Two, if you watch the the Donner cut of it, uh, but uh, of course, like with Susanna York gets a lot more to do in the Lester version of Superman Two. But she uh, had to be happy about that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because Jor the uh, Brando wasn't coming back. But
1: and and I also think it it helps this that scene be less noticeable when you know that that's going to happen in Superman Two. That you're like, oh, okay, the mother will be a big part of the, you know, of the Fortress of Solitude. So you could sort of retrofit as you rewatch the movie and say, well, okay, we're not, Laura doesn't seem to be giving anything to Kal-El in this moment, but she will be following him through the rest of his life the way Jor-El will. Because right. Brian, we're going to see her with, you know, all the advice she's going to give him in Superman 2.
0: Well, and it's kind of, you know, I mean, it, it might be slightly sexist, but it, it, it kind of makes sense to go to your mother with the matters of the heart, you know, mm. versus versus your stern father, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, should it, I it give even... up
1: all my powers for a woman? <laughs>
0: Surprisingly, <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> but this isn't Superman 2 movie minute. No, this no, is no. Su-
1: yeah, yeah. Let's let's we'll stay, I'm sorry. We'll stay focused
0: here. Uh, well, I, I started it, so I thought. I <laughs> Now, my kids always ask the same question I did every time we watch this. Why is the crystal, the crystal, the main crystal, right. why is it green? Because it makes you wonder, because kryptonite is so famously green. I mean, everybody, I mean, yes, obviously comic fans know there's different colors of kryptonite, but the primary version of kryptonite is green. And it's the only real splash of color in this world other than Kal-El's blanket. So. Right. It does kind of make you wonder why, you know, why did they choose to to be green other than, like, maybe make it blue or – I just always kind of wondered that.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, I guess they were figuring they were just trying to get in all the Superman iconography to, to people that don't know what it is. And I think probably – I mean even the average person who's never read a Superman comic in their life, they know what Kryptonite is, and they probably know it's green, maybe, although I think this movie probably did – Did that more than anything else so Mm. it may just be that you know you're like okay well that's going to be the crystal that's going to form the fortress it's got some element to it that makes it a little different than everything else but yeah i never really thought about that exactly but you're just you know i grew up with it being green i always knew what it meant that green is the bad the really bad kryptonite i had one of those kryptonite rocks that i ordered in the pages (laughs) of dc comics in the 70s i sent away for that so you know yeah it's just like it's just it's just another way of getting in a familiar trope of the Superman universe. Oh, look, we got some green kryptonite coming in. So, okay, great.
0: There you go. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I just wonder how did they keep the baby from freaking out when the ship lifts up like that to join the top half, the bottom half, <laughs> you know, it's because I mean, he seems, he seems pretty calm. Usually yeah. most kids would be screaming their heads off when something like that started, started moving. He's one heck of an actor. He's That's pretty,
1: a- <laughs> he pretty chill that kid. I gotta say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and now we get to the beginning of the destruction of Krypton and the brilliance of making everything white is now realized when heaven becomes hell yeah. and all the red sun is reflected on all these white, these white structures and all these people in white. And I mean, it literally looks like they have been cast into hell. I mean, it's, it's,
1: it's something I that. love it. I love and,
0: it. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, I remember this scene kind of freaking me out as a kid, you know, it was like, wow, I had never seen anything like this, you know, and, and, uh, obviously I was four, like I said. So, uh, and I think I brought this up when we did the film and water show. I had a, uh, Superman, the movie coloring book, one of those giant coloring books, like literally the size of a coffee table,
1: you know, music to my ears.
0: Yes, and and that thing had uh, it had a photo cover with Christopher Reeve on it. I think where he's pointing up, you know, and uh, and then on the inside it had you know it had it it was one of the few things that actually had uh, pictures like drawings of scenes from the movie, and they were in the movie costumes and everything. Which how Mario Puzo didn't make fifty million dollars off that coloring book, I have no idea. But, <laughs> but it showed you know there were scenes of like all these people falling into the chasms as Krypton <laughs> crumbled and. It's like you know, like I made that joke on <laughs> color genocide, kids, you know. It's, <laughs> it's like holy cow, this is traumatic. You know. It's like uh, Oh man. <laughs> yeah, it was something else. But I mean, you know, it you you know I love it. Trevor Howard has that, oh shit, he was right, look oh, on his face. I, you
1: know, I know it would undercut the seriousness of the moment, but like to me that, that that whole sequence where you're seeing all the Kryptonians going, Oh my god, you really needed Jarrell going, see? I told you guys, I, what did I tell you? He's wagging his finger at them. I mean, again, I think it would undercut the drama of that. To, to, that's what I would do, though. I would be like, I told you guys, the friggin' planet's going to blow up. And now look, what did <laughs> yeah. I tell you? Right.
0: Our sun is getting bigger and bigger and closer and yeah. closer, which I mean, that's pretty interesting because Krypton blows up for different reasons in different versions of the story. Sometimes it's internal pressures. Right. Sometimes it's the sun. I think in the, the post-crisis version, they revealed it was like some kind of weapons that they had in like that went off inside the the, the planet, the, you know, and all that. So it's 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 not a given that it's the sun doing it. But I think it's such a cool visual That I mean the you know and the fact that the sun that nurtured them is now destroying them and and you know and then then of course later on we'll get you know I don't know they don't emphasize it that much in these movies but we know that Superman gets his powers from our yellow sun or part of them anyway so it's it's a really neat little bit of symbolism there and and like I said again the whole the whole red thing just I mean wow
1: yeah it's a great visual you know cue of like oh man things are going bad really fast when everything is just this sort of blood red coloring. And basically the last shot of the sequence is I mean, there's 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 a lot of beautiful photography in this movie. Of course again, kind of shot by Jeffrey Unsworth who passed away while they're making the movie. And but like in terms of just memorable shots, the long slow pan in to that window where we mm-hmm. see Joel and Laura just standing there watching their son take off. I love that shot. It's such a great yeah. combination of of a matte painting and a you know like a like an optic where obviously you know the little shot of our actors is real and then that's placed inside a giant mad painting. I just love the slow pan in. Like you, there's such tiny figures and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. I just love that shot. I think it just it's a beautiful, beautiful shot. I mean, we get close enough to see their faces and yeah. see them reacting. I I just think that's just a masterful shot on Donner's.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, there's so many shots like this that really just show that that sell the scale I mean with the columns coming up through the the floor and I mean there's actually they used actual hydraulics that you know as they're walking away I mean this giant column comes up and then I mean that's that's a practical effect that's actually the size you know it's to scale to them but then you have got these other these other pieces of the crystal coming like the crystals, like literally like growing up through the planet, like whatever yeah. it makes you wonder. It's kind of, I mean, we get some of that and we get that from the fortress. And if you, if you want to count Superman returns, how the crystals grow and everything. So it, it makes you wonder, you know, exactly, you know, okay, is, it's the crystal growing out of control because of all the, everything being out of whack because of what's going on with the sun. And I mean, it's, you it, can, you can ask all these questions, but either way, it's, it, they really sell this, again, it's just amazing how the this seems just seems the weight and the the size of everything is just perfect, and they, they use so many uh, tricks like that to show, like you said, the the pan in and show close in on them from this this wide shot, and it, it just sells this world. It's just it's it really doesn't. It it holds up so well. I mean, it still it still really just holds up fantastic.
1: Oh, the, those matte painter guys, man. Those are those guys are. Just geniuses. There's, Matt, I, I know there are books of matte paintings, and certainly like the Star Wars. There's books of Star Wars mat paintings. I would, I don't know if it exists. And like, once we're done here, I'm gonna like look it up. Like, if there's a book of like great movie matte paintings, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I would love to look at a book like that because. Those guys were just geniuses about what, how detailed they could get. I mean, of course, like, you know, the big warehouse shot at the end of Raiders is a matte painting, but I mean, so much of Krypton is just done by a guy with a paintbrush, you know, and just detailed within an inch of its life and holds up under the scrutiny of a giant movie screen. Imagine that, man. I mean, how many comic books have you seen in your life where, you know, they blew the art up to a bigger size, and you're like, this does not hold up when you look at it <laughs> bigger. And, and, all, and, and all they did for that art was, like, do it, like, one up. You know what I mean? And imagine taking a painting, and you're like, yeah, we're going to blow this up 70 feet wide, and it's got to look good. That's right. amazing. So, yeah, this whole sequence is just, uh, no, no pun intended, killer.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's fantastic. And and, you know, when when the ship, you know, crashes through the ceiling, we get the first bit of the Superman fanfare yep. in in the film. So, I mean, that's grabbing. Mean, Superman takes flight, uh, not under his own power, but there he goes. And I love how the glass from the ceiling, one piece actually hits the camera and shatters and then they yeah, cut. That's perfect. It's so awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, I, I, that was probably like a happy accident. I imagine that, it, but it's like, oh, that's a great place to cut it. Cut it right there. You know? <laughs> uh, I mean, it might not be, but.
1: <laughs> As Tom Mankiewicz says on the commentary, this is all just footage from a party at Dick Donner's house. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow, what a party, man! Yeah, it's that's like... a party,
1: man. Well, I mean, do you think about too that this movie is right in the the middle of the disaster movie period sure. too? You know what I mean? And this is a disaster movie. This is an Irwin Allen This is Irwin Allen without the cheese. You know, I mean, this is this is Avalanche or the Towering Inferno or or any of those movies. It's just it's a big disaster movie, and these guys. These were the top guys, and so they knew how to do it really well. I mean, you're getting the ultimate disaster movie. The whole friggin' planet is going to go boom.
0: Right. I mean, this is, you know, Roland Emmerich's wet dream. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> – Oh. <Whoa.
1: laughs>
0: but uh, – oh, sorry about that.
1: Uh, but, <laughs> i got to go yeah. to bed with that thought in my head.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's, I mean, it's definitely – I mean, we and not only we get this bit of disaster movie, we're going to get more disaster movie later on in oh, this yeah. film. So we're going to come back to that, and uh, but yeah, this is this is great. I mean, but it makes you know. I've always wondered, you know, Jor El and Lara watch the ship take off, and then they start walking away, and it's like you know they know they're going to die. So is the, you just kind of wonder what were they thinking. I mean, you know, they're just going to try to survive as long as they can. I mean, yeah, it, I guess so. It's 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 you know it, it. And they initially aren't in much of a hurry, but then it starts the lab like starts to crumble around them, and then they start kind of. We we don't get into that here, but uh but it it is interesting to think and it's 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 kind of sad in a way that we do see him so much you know it's kind of it almost would be a little bit more reassuring if we just didn't see him anymore but we we do get to see him a few more times and it just keeps getting worse for him uh but you know we we've still got as we come to the end of uh uh this episode we've we've still got some more of krypton's destruction to go but it's uh Obviously, uh, you know, uh, Kal-El, I almost called him Clark. Now I can't do that yet. Uh, kalel is, <laughs> Kal-El is on his way, uh, and he's uh, you know making his way away from the planet. But uh, there ain't gonna be much left behind him here in a, just a very few minutes. So did we cover all that fairly
1: well? Have we got anything else to say? I know we think, like you said, we still have a little more of Krypton to go boom, but we'll get into that in the next episode.
0: Okay, so that brings us to minute 20. And uh, like you said, I think we're in for uh, some exciting next few minutes. Uh, So be sure to come back uh, next week for another episode. And in the meantime, be sure to check out the other fine shows on our network at FireAndWaterPodcast.com, including several Rob and myself, host and co-host, and just occasionally show up on, and you know, <laughs> we're we're all over the place. We're all over the place. Yeah, we're we're everywhere. Uh, please be sure to leave your thoughts on Superman the movie over at fireandwaterpodcast.com com in the comments section, and you can leave us a review on iTunes if you wish. If you're going to leave us a nice one, you know. If you're not yes. going to, then just don't worry about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't uh, do that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so join our never-ending battle or coverage here next week on superman movie minute this country is safe again superman thanks to you no sir don't thank me warden we're all part of the same team night